Welcome back to New World Next Week. I'm James Corbett of CorbettReport.com. And I'm James Evan Pilato from MediaMonarchy.com. Though shouting no fire ought to be silenced. We've got that story plus selection interference. But first, on this Ban Everything episode, posting anti-vaccine propaganda on social media could become a criminal offense. This coming from The Telegraph. Posting anti-vaccine propaganda on social media could become a criminal offense even if those promoting it believe the pseudoscience. The UK's new criminal law commissioner has said. In her first interview since taking up the gig, Penny Lewis revealed she is considering whether law should be amended to lower the threshold of criminality for posting false information online that endangers lives. It comes as the health secretary, Matt Hancock, said back in September he was looking very seriously at making vaccinations compulsory for state school pupils after the UK lost its official measles-free country status due to a steady fall in those fantastic MMR immunization rates. Currently, people are protected from prosecution if they sincerely believe the misinformation they publish under laws designed more to tackle bomb hoaxes than internet health conspiracies. And we're glad you're enjoying the Telegraph. Register, subscribe to continue reading. James, the paywall has dropped upon us. But I think we get the uh, idea from Penny Lewis here. And we've seen all of these moves as they've essentially, uh, they've already been telegraphed. James? Uh, telegraphed. Nice one. Uh, actually, I managed to save the article before it got paywalled, so I have the rest of it. Not that there's that much more information. I think you get the gist of it. Uh, essentially, yes, the UK government is looking into the idea of making anti-vax propaganda literary <laughs> propaganda. I just spewed their propaganda term. Anti-vaccination information illegal. Yes, of course. Of course we know this is coming. Uh, the only step that they have to take is to formalize this in black and white in law. But of course... I think we understand now that it's not going to happen with anti-vaccination information first. No, first, it's anti-coronavirus hype information. Uh, that's going to be the testing ground. We've already seen it, of course. I mean, people know about Zero Hedge and Twitter and all of that. And if you don't, we'll throw in a link or two so people can read up on it. But yes, they're coming after people who dare to post anything that might be uh, outside of the permitted boundary of what we're reporting on about coronavirus today. So that if you raise the specter that it could be a biological weapon, then you're going to get banned. Uh, although, of course, a couple weeks later, the mainstream news will catch up to you, and then it'll be perfectly okay to say that. Um, just total ludicrous nonsense, but uh, this is how it rolls. So I think what we're seeing right now is sort of the, the testing of this, and the, we're going to see it codified in the coronavirus freakout before it comes to anti-vaccination. But it is coming for anti-vaccination information and all other forms of thought crime, of course, because free speech was never worth the paper it was written on. Uh, it's just something that the masters like to dangle out in front of you. Oh, oh, the free speech for the masses until it gets uncomfortable. And uh, it's reaching that point where it's uncomfortable for them, so they're going to take it away. And what are you going to do about it? Well, continue using your speech while you can is the number one thing that we can and should be doing about it. Because if we just roll over and take it, well then, that's it. You know, what? game over. Um, incredibly important stuff. And on that coronavirus note, uh, I will be writing about that in my uh, newsletter this weekend, ha just ticking off all of the different New World Order agenda boxes that this hype and freakout is, is ticking off right now. So I'm going to be itemizing that. And of course, one of them is the end of the internet, speaking of that uh, narrative. I think that's, that's part of what's happening right now. And uh, we see it coming. They're coming for your, uh, for your internet. Well, and just imagine how it's all going to just conflate and smash into 
all the U.S. presidential selection garbage that's going to continue to heat up. It'll all it'll all come together in a nice gross stew. Hey, so wait, James, wait. Let me predict the the Russians are promoting anti-vaccination in order to get Sanders and or Trump elected. Anyone but booty jidge or however you say that, right? Exactly. You know, and he was never, you know, interesting CIA intel, you know, military guy. He didn't post a bunch of pictures of that before. <laughs> but Jason, I would wonder about, you know, somebody like Francis Boyle, the guy who helped the U.S. write the sort of bioweapons essentially laws and sort of, you know, the, the white papers, the treaties about all of it, he's basically come out and said, oh, this coronavirus is obviously weaponized. This isn't just something that was floating around normal in nature. And again, as we've speculated many, many times, maybe the Lyme disease, maybe the weaponized ticks, maybe all of these things, again, have been poked and prodded at the very least inside the only government labs that could possibly have ever made this sort of thing in the first place. What would happen if he try and share his information? Is that going to get squashed down? I believe I heard you mention recently, of course, the uh, the history professor who was posting videos of Nazis giving speeches because it's a historical note. And he found himself under the big fat thumb of YouTube's kind of squashing him down. This ties in really, I think, exactly like that. And we see it sort of play out and then it plays out again and it sort of grows as the snowball starts to kind of roll down the hill. You mentioned also saving articles, James. I want to ask you more about that at the end of this episode. And I, I do actually have a related to this first story. Something I mentioned on my morning show earlier this week. And again, this is all about kind of ban everything. UK police deny responsibility for poster urging parents to report kids for using Linux. The UK's National Crime Agency publicly said it had nothing to do with a misleading poster designed to put fear into the hearts of parents and urge them to call the police if their children are using Linux. Virtual machines, the Tor browser, Discord... All these sorts of things are deemed terrible fines, and the poster urges parents to call cops so we can give advice and engage them into positive diversions. This is another thing, James, we kind of wondered, as I've wondered myself on my show many times. This could just be pranks. If I were a teenager in 2020, I might have a blast. It's, just, it's, it's a prankster's paradise anymore because everything is waiting to become a viral freakout trend. So having said that, our second segment here on episode 399 of New World Next Week, UNESCO claims climate denial to be criminalized and prosecuted. This coming from Patrick Woods, technocracy.news, and it's essentially the words from UNESCO themselves. Climate denial has increased the risk of catastrophic global change. Should international criminal law be used against those who promote this dangerous trend? Economic and political leaders can no longer pretend it is business as usual. Whether they actively induce environmental harm or just ignore the existential threat against the survival of the human species, states and corporations must be held accountable for their actions or inaction regarding climate change. A fire has started in the theater from which there are no exits, which that's maybe your problem in the first place. Unchecked, the fire will kill and injure many in the theater starting with those in the cheapest seats. Many people can smell the smoke, but some others have not noticed it yet. Some people are trying to warn everyone so that the fire can be contained before it spreads out of control. Another group, sitting mainly in the most expensive seats, 
like the folks who run UNESCO, trying to shout loudly that there's no fire, that it's not serious, and that there's plenty of time left to put it out. This group uses emotive language and insists that the other group is not to be trusted. Many people in the theater are confused by these conflicting messages or convinced by the fire deniers. There are enough people in this combined set to significantly slow down the efforts of those listening to the accurate warnings, those who are trying to put out the fire. In this scenario, those shouting no fire ought to be silenced because there is a fire that requires urgent and immediate action to prevent it from spreading and becoming uncontrollable. But the fire is not being tackled properly because many of the people in the theater do not know whom to believe. Can we compare those who deny the reality of climate change to the group that occupies the best seats in the theater? The obvious answer seems yes. So, yeah, I, I, one, that's I am available for voiceover work. And two, I like that UNESCO essentially placed this whole analogy wrapped in an analogy inside a theater, which is, of course, the land of make-believe. James? Make-believe, indeed, yes. And, of course, is there any better example of how this is the politicization of science. This is not about science anymore. This is about politics. And this is explicit and in your face because scientific debate is not supposed to be shouting in your opponent's face. You better do what we say or we'll throw you in jail. Believe what we believe. Bow down to what we believe. No, that isn't the, the ideal form of science. But of course, we're not talking about science at this point. We're talking about post-normal science. That's an actual term from the philosophy of science that I've talked about before with Dr. Jerome Rivets. Uh, I will suggest people look at our previous conversation. Essentially, where values are uncertain or in question, and there's a lot of uncertainty in equations, but the stakes are extremely high, it's no really, not really about science any longer. It's about these types of debates where we will throw you in jail unless you believe what we believe, which, of course, is nothing more than politics. That's what this ultimately boils down to. So I, I have talked about the science, the shoddy pseudoscience behind the climate science uh, that passes for science these days many times, but it, this isn't about that. This is a political debate about people trying to make you live in a certain way or die in a certain way if certain people on certain sides of this equation have their way. So uh, ultimately, this is right in your face. Uh, if you don't believe what we believe, we will throw you in jail. This is the ugly mask uh, of uh, the, 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 sorry, this is the, the real ugly reality behind the pretty green mask of we want to save the earth and save the children and save the planet and jail anyone who doesn't do what we say. Uh, and this is the, uh, the iron fist behind the velvet glove. Well, and, and how telling is it that the cute, smiling face of the children has even now been replaced by the angry, snarling face of the child. It's almost like kids are being used as political props constantly. <laughs> James, our third and final story on this Ban Everything episode of Neural Next Week, foreign interference in elections is unacceptable. Congress must make it illegal. From the CIA, Amazon, Whole Foods, Washington, Compost, and it's written by Jeffrey H. Smith and John B. Bellinger III, and the Washington Post helpfully points out who they are. Jeffrey H. Smith, senior counsel at Arnold and Porter, served as general counsel of the Central Intelligence Agency from 95 to 96. John B. Bellinger III, a partner with Arnold and Porter, an adjunct senior fellow at the Council on Foreign Relations, served as legal advisor for the National Security Council 2001 to 2005, and for the State Department, 05 to 09. So CIA, CFA, CFR lawyers essentially have an open platform on the old democracy dies in darkness rag. And they write, 
the Senate, by nearly a straight party line vote, has now acquitted Swamp Thing of the charges in the articles of impeachment brought by the House. The president had insisted that his dealings with Ukraine over military aid and a possible investigation of Hunter Biden, the son of, son of former Vice President Creepy Joe Biden, were perfect. However, even as Republican senators acquitted him, several disgraced, or I'm sorry, disagreed, that's a Freudian slip, saying his actions were wrong but didn't break the law. In response, the House impeachment managers argued that the constitutional grounds, high crimes and misdemeanors for impeachment, did not require violation of a specific federal criminal statute. Whether one believes the president's actions as justifying removal from office or not, we believe that the prospect of foreign interference in U.S. elections is today so grave, whether initiated by a foreign power or invited by a candidate, that Congress must make such activity illegal. Doing so would be consistent with history. For example, after the Vietnam War and President Richard Nixon's resignation over Watergate, Congress enacted a series of laws to rein in that executive power, and everything's been super awesome since then. Oh, wait, I didn't say that. These included the establishment of, of fantastic things like oversight committees in Congress, the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act, FISA, the War Powers Resolution, and the Congressional Budget and Impoundment Control Act, which the Government Accountability Office concluded Orange Man Bad had violated. James, these are literal CIA CFR lawyers writing in what is essentially the CIA mouthpiece newspaper talking about how we need to rein all these things in. Again, they're... The mask is dropping in a lot of ways. They were speaking of the Washington Post over the past week or so. They originally, this is why, you know, take screen grabs if, if you're into that sort of thing. They had a headline, their article was essentially called, It's Time to Give the Elites More Control in Deciding Our, our Leaders, or something to that effect. And then they change it and make it a little more kind of bureaucratic speak. We should move to a, you know, preference election system. So they're just openly writing, you know, we need control over these systems. Because what? Swamp Thing's really, he's just sticking it to the man. He's really changed a lot, hasn't he, James? Oh, just everything. My life is completely different than it was a few years ago. No, um, and, and there's so many things to talk about with regards to this article. Like, as you did, pointing out <coughs> who wrote this particular op-ed. <coughs> oh, the literal CIA, CFR scroungelings. <laughs> I just made up a new word. <laughs> I, <laughs> I can't think of an appropriate, polite word for that. <coughs> um... But then look at what he says about, oh, the, the ways they reined in executive power after Nixon. Yeah, because what I think is, yeah, the presidency had way too much power until Nixon. And then, then they really reined it in with oversight committees in Congress. Oh, you mean like, uh, like Pelosi being over, oversight on the t torture programs that were going on under Bush? And then when the Democrats got in in, in the House in 2006, it was like, yeah, we're not going to prosecute anyone for anything because I was involved in it. Or the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act, the FISA Act, the literal rubber stamp. They've never met any sort of w uh, wiretapping or surveillance that they didn't like. It's just a rubber stamp. And even that was overturned by the Patriot Act. Uh, the War Powers Resolution, Congress has completely and utterly uh, abdicated any responsibility for any oversight of war at all. So now the president, just like Obama, goes and calls it a kinetic military action. Okay, well, it's not a war, so Congress has no oversight over it. I mean, just everything everything they're talking about, all these ways they've really reined in the executive power, none of them did anything whatsoever. Um, and it's just nonsense, criminalizing foreign uh, interference in elections. It, 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 
obviously this is just something that they're going to put in there in case, by some happenstance, someone who wasn't 100% on board with the agenda happened to get in, uh, uh, into some position of power, they could just wheel this out. Oh, yeah, but the Russians liked this guy, so that's illegal, so we're going to take your powers away from you. Whatever it may be. I mean, honestly, this is just such nonsense. But... It's in the Washington Post, so what would you expect? There you go. Well, and it's, I think, important to remember that what came after Nixon. They bring in Gerald Ford. Gerald Ford on the Warren Commission. Gerald Ford brings in Rumsfeld. Gerald Ford brings in Cheney. And, and who was his VP? Exactly. This this was essentially coming from Nixon. Rockefeller. Right. With Prescott Bush putting the hat on Nixon. He was a Bush family project. And, of course, that gets into the whole Bay of Pigs thing and the whole big sticky wicket of all this stuff. James, I'm glad we put together an episode of All Ban Everything. It's actually the name of a kind of a, a, a spoken word piece that Jello Biafra of the Dead Kennedys did many years ago about banning everything. Because once you follow it down that road – it can only reach some sort of st- satirical, comedic, comedic-like fashion. James, it's good to be back with you. It's been some rough spots here behind the scenes. And, of course, we've also been flying around, visiting family, visiting conferences. So it's been basically a month since we've done A New World Next Week. And I appreciate being back with you here on episode 399. As we always wrap up these episodes, I do like to remind folks that I stream news, music, memes, and more Monday through Friday, 95 Mountain Time via my own website. It's like a radio broadcast, eight hours a day. It's got news, it's got music, it's got comedy, cheers and jeers. I like to call it the best damn radio station you've ever heard, and I really hope folks would come check it out, James. And you wanted to ask me something about saving articles? Oh, I did. Thanks for reminding me. Sorry, I didn't make the note. I started to write about Rumsfeld and Janie there. Um, This final piece, which comes from the Washington Post, the link you gave me actually comes from archive.is. I don't really know. Actually, I haven't used that yet. And I know it doesn't work like archive.org, where it's just their robots grabbing things. You submit an article and it basically grabs it, as it were. Yeah, that's exactly right. And I did it specifically with this article because I wasn't going to give the Washington Post any clicks. Uh, We probably should do that with all the MSM, the Telegraph and everything else. But the Washington Post in particular is a pile of garbage. And a lot of the things that they write, like we need the the elite to pick our leaders or whatever nonsense, is clickbait in order to get people to rage click so that they can get advertising revenue. So let's not do that for them. If you do find an article like this that you want to spread around for to point out propaganda or whatever, please go to archive.is or whatever service it is that you want to use to give that link around rather than linking to the Washington Post. Do not satisfy their uh, their clickbait. Well, well, you know me. Once I figure out how to use it, I'll essentially use it for every single story I, I put up on the on the Media Monarchy website, and I'll just I'll go nuts with it. So, James, I appreciate that. I will dive into archive.is, and we will be back hopefully next week with episode, what, 400 of uh, New World Next Week. James, I'll throw some confetti in the background while we continue to just rage forward and, and, and do, our, do our best. Week All in, right, week looking out. forward to it, buddy. Talk to you next week. Take care.